Diversity published a benchmarking report 2020-2021. The benchmarking report is based on data collected from more than 300 companies that participated in the Diversity Award Survey, including large enterprises, SMEs and startups from a variety of institutions such as IT, BFSI, FMCG and Pharma. An analysis of the 2020 report shows that there has been no increase in women participation in workforce as compared to 2019, which stands at 34%. The report also highlights that gender gap exists at all levels of talent pipeline for women and it widens as they move towards senior management or CEO levels, which isn't surprising, I suppose. So this week's episode, we are going to discuss about the leaky pipeline of women in workforce. Let's Talk Work Life. This is your host Pratibha Wilson. Here in this podcast, we'll talk a lot about work life with a bit of extra attention to working women life. As adults, we spend a lot of time at work, but there is not enough space where we discuss about it. Probably we don't want to talk about it because we have spent an awful amount of time at work and we don't want to think about it anymore. I get that. But to make something better, there is no other way except to talk about it. And when we spend an awful amount of time at workplace, it's only logical for us to make it better for our own good. We definitely need to find ways to talk about our work life in a light, informal, safe and productive way. So through this podcast, I hope to bring in interesting content on topics related to work life and working women life. I hope you all enjoy listening into the episodes as much as I enjoy creating them. So yeah, welcome to the podcast, let's talk work life. And let's dive into this week's episode. There are a couple of observations in this diversity report. It's called diversity report, not diversity report. Um, Out of which I've picked two, which are more relevant to the topic which we are going to talk today. Um, One is about women returnees. India's workforce participation of women returning to work after career break sharply declined by 20 percentage in the year 2020. This is majorly attributed to the attributed to COVID situation because of which uh, women have more work at home, leaving them no space to think about coming back to the workforce. Two, women in tech. One of the sectors where gender disparity is easiest to spot is the tech industry. Women make up only 34% of the IT workforce in India, with majority of them under the age of 30. I suppose none of these findings in this report is surprising because we see it with our own eyes, like how many women do they come back and how many women colleagues do we have around. It is just that we expect this data to improve over a period of time, but it hasn't happened. When we talk about women leaving the workforce, The primary reason is caring for the kids. Usually it starts off with maternity leave, but then the leave extends to a short-term career break, like one or two years, but then women are completely lost from the workforce after that. They become data points in this leaky pipeline reports and analysis. This topic has been discussed a lot, like reasons as to why women aren't coming back as much as we want them to, I mean, corporates want women to come back, but it isn't happening. Though it's an often discussed topic, I'll try to add in my perspective as to why it is hard and why it isn't happening 
at the rate we wanted to that is for the numbers to improve in this episode we'll talk about leaky pipeline uh, specifically around the group of women who leave the workforce to take care of kids and never find their way back because i believe that is the primary cause now let's explore why women aren't coming back what are the roadblocks or rather hurdles on the way to return back to work there are three main factors in the context of work environment established in the job market uh, obviously there are very many other reasons why women aren't able to come back to workforce but here in this episode we are going to explore the reasons which is in the context of the work environment so the first is related to the long work hours which most corporates have and even small businesses and startups have the idea of coming back to a work environment that holds a poster to celebrate long working hours isn't appealing and just not practical to women coming back especially after maternity leave for whatever reasons when the european nations which are home to more scientists and happiness quotient or looking for increasing productivity with less working hours indian companies unfortunately don't take an effort to even try to make work life balance a thing probably leaders at the helm have that vision but day to day work extends beyond office hours and it happens over uh, continuously over months companies have to get better at managing the work life balance for their employees it's for the general good of the employees not related to only working women and not specific to women coming back to work and even more companies have to get better at branding themselves as good places to work encouraging work life balance and other good things it is not that women who reenter workspace will never work long hours or hard but when that is a poster you put up front it's a downer when the interviewer asks questions like will you work long hours everyone slogs here it's like telling them don't come here it's hard to work here don't come so when a company has the intention to do the right thing at least if the company has a word work life balance somewhere in the vocabulary women don't have to factor in that parameter in their decision making i personally haven't seen women making uh, refusing to work or uh, not taking up heavy projects immediately after they return back to work but they do expect some support from line managers to manage that expectation it is a topic in itself so unless the companies believe and practice such supportive measures it doesn't percolate to the line managers and immediate line managers make or break a company's inclusion policy and how it's implemented whether it is implemented in paper or is it implemented in practice so if the company doesn't believe in work life balance the managers can't live, live with and they cannot support uh, they can't provide that support for the women employees who are coming back So the second point is the lost network connectivity. What I mean by lost network connectivity is once women move away from the workforce and decide to take a career break, they move away from the circle of work-life network. Even when corporates run comeback programs, it's doubtful if it reaches as many women as it should. At best, it reaches the husbands in the company. If they are in sync with their wives to bring them back to work, the women will get that information. So for a woman, if not for her husband, and in rare cases if they have spoken to their friends about getting back to work they might not get that information at all so mostly women in this phase of life where they have quit the job for the sake of the kids or totally lost in their children's world they would have even forgotten how workplace life 
used to be except for a few who take conscious decision to be active on linkedin or job sites most women probably aren't even actively thinking of coming back or they need a reminder to inform them that there was a place once they used to work and enjoy and probably they should give it a try again if they are interested more advertisement and more influencing and support is system is needed to encourage women to come back to workforce women might be in this perspective women might be in varying degrees of thought process when it comes back to joining the workforce uh, some are conscious and have made a decision to come back and are looking for avenues to do so and some are in the fence about joining the workforce and need slight nudge for all the right reasons to do so and some it's in their subconscious but not in their active decision making process at all so they need more influencing to put their work life attire on metaphorically and for some women they have taken a conscious decision not to come back to workforce it is their choice and we have to respectfully let them enjoy their decision while we do not have statistical data on what percentage of women fall into each group let's say the first three categories are a rich group with a rich skill set that could be rusty but surely it can be polished and put back to proper use in the workforce so that group needs to be contacted communicated networked with and influenced and supported to bring them back to workforce the reason we want to reach out to many women is because as a simple math the more the uh, bigger the size of the talent pool the bigger the option of having good talents reentering the workforce because uh, when we drive come back uh, when we run comeback programs there is a sense of dissatisfaction um, not dissatisfaction but a sense of concern on the recruitment side both from the managers and the high shot that whether this comeback programs are run just to fill in the numbers because we have to show numbers or are we really taking in the talent so just to improve the amount of talent which is coming back to the workforce it is better we reach out to a bigger pool and that is the main reason the advertising of comeback programs have to become better the plain advertising of comeback programs isn't enough because there is a huge gap between where and when companies advertise comeback programs and where the talent pool lies in a very dormant state interview process and support system this is the third point about crossing all the hurdles even if women do attend interviews there is no guidelines for managers and hrs on how to handle the interview like what is a manager supposed to interview a candidate about who has taken long years of break they have no recent work experience to quote from most likely their technical or subject matter knowledge is rusty what is the level of leeway they can give to select a candidate like i can select them they have the potential to learn in future where does the interviewer get that confidence from We generally interviews work in this format a particular candidate will provide responses to the interview questions uh, it would be in the range of 6 7 8 in a scale of 10 and usually the interviewers would take a certain amount of bet ranging from 30 to 40 percentage to say that this person is decent or really good they are going to do well in the job here it would be reverse the interviewer uh, the responses might not be really sharp because of the la- because of the gap the responses wouldn't probably lie in the range of 6 to 6 7 or 8 it it could be less than 5 or it could be at 5 
and the amount of bet a particular interviewer has to take will be in the range of 50 to 60 percentage they have to take a bet that she will learn in the future so unless a candidate took an effort to upskill themselves or it was a short break and they were able to prepare themselves well it's hard for the interviewer to assess a person within the constraints how do they gauge a candidate whether they have the potential it is just their skill is rusty against no the candidate isn't suitable at all even though interviews are made as subjective as possible a fair amount of subjectiveness will exist at the end of interview uh, at the end the interviewers will go with their gut and gut develops based on old data when there is not much old data for interviewing candidates with career break what are the guiding parameters for managers to take the decision from then even if women uh, go through the hurdle of attending the interviews and they do manage to get into the workforce for initial few months they have to be guided like a fresher except that we can expect them to become active team members quicker than a fresher and the team members and managers have to be trained or at least they have to be given a guidance to treat the new women who have entered the workspace after a career break to treat to be treated them without any judgment without any condescending looks and a bit of hand holding a uh, bit of hand holding is required probably it is uh, it might not be required as much as a fresher but still a bit of hand holding will be required if such support system doesn't exist within the company we will continue to risk losing working women through the leaky pipeline and we reached the end of this episode in this episode we explore the three main factors in the context of work environment which act as hurdles for women to come back to work uh, obviously there are a couple of other reasons that do contribute for being roadblocks to women and i will explore that in another episode thank you for listening in do join me in the next episode until then bye take care